Bob McCallum Podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. McCallum here, Shannon over there in uh, in uh, Mexico, uh, living color, wrapping up his his vacation. What do you got? Another couple three days. Wrapping up? What are you trying? I I mean, come on! Can't well, I stay here longer? How long are you going to be there? I haven't decided yet. Oh, really? One of those. <laughs> Well, um, I'm having too much fun. We'll get some sun. You still haven't got any sun. I'm waiting for a, a tan. Bob, Bob, you know, Bob, you have to you look. You have to look after your skin at our age, Bob. You have to do no, that. No, you don't. You really yeah, don't. Yeah, you do. Yeah, no, you, you, really really, do. you really don't. A, yeah, the dermatologist tells me I do. So okay, so that's where we're gonna look, leave it. At yeah, that. that's his business. Look good. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't worry. Well, about you don't think good. I look good? You're beautiful, Shannon. Don't worry Thank about you. it. Thank you. I worry about that. Uh, conversation today will be uh, hockey-related. Uh, Eddie Olchuk will uh, join us uh, many years with uh, the Chicago Blackhawks and now with uh, he does national games but also does local games uh, in Seattle. And that's a pretty mm-hmm. good story in that city too. So we'll chat with Eddie Olchuk when we come back after this. Hi, this is Bob McCowan for BetRivers.com. Hey, if you're looking for a sports book or casino app, you should check out the Bet Rivers Sports and Casino app today. Play all of your favorite casino games for real money anywhere and anytime. Plus, get in the action with each sports game with hundreds of sports betting options. And get ready to feel like a VIP because you'll earn both loyalty level points and bonus store points on every real money wager you make. You must be 19 plus, available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 or speak to an advisor free of charge. BetRivers.com. McCown and Shannon with you, and uh, Eddie Oldchuk is uh, with us from Chicago this morning. Um You've spent a long time in that city. Tell me a little bit about what you see, what you think about that uh, that hockey team and where they're going. Well, I mean, I think it's probably uh, overdue, Bob. Uh, first off, it's great to be with you and, and John. Uh, thanks for having me. Thanks um, a lot. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, when, when you look at the incredible run that they had from, what, like 08-ish, nine obviously the cup in 10 and and then the, you know the two cups after and 13 and 15 uh i mean as good as a run we've seen by any team in this league for you know a long time and you know i think what's happened here in the last couple of years is uh you know uh you know lots of change over obviously uh on the ice uh behind the bench uh uh, management changed. Uh, so I think that they've uh, been in a situation here where I think when they went to the bubble, it probably ended up being, you know, uh, probably 
but you know, probably one of those situations where it probably hurt them in the long run because at that particular time they were seventh place in a seven-team division in the Central, and they were twelfth out of fifteen teams in the Western Conference. And I think you kind of saw the writing on the wall. And they went to Edmonton and they beat the Oilers. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden it was, you know, like. Well, maybe, you know, maybe we can make another run here. You know, maybe we can add a piece or two and you got Kane and you got Kate Taves and you got Keith and you got Seabrook. You still got the, you know, the heartbeat of this franchise. And I think over the course of the season, you knew that, you know, it was trending in the wrong direction. But as you guys both know, the bubble was not for every team. Uh, It was for some teams. It was not for a lot of individuals, um, and it was for some individuals. And I think what happened there, Bob, long-winded, is I think there just was that false hope of uh, maybe catching lightning in a bottle and taking another run. But when you look at since they really kind of made the trade with Panarin uh, to Columbus, Jalmerson to Arizona, the Marion Hosa situation where he retired, when you look at that scenario – after I think they had 108 points or whatever it was that year in 16 and 17 and ended up getting swept by Nashville, they haven't been able to recover. And, and now you're obviously in a situation here now where you've got contracts expiring and players holding the cards, especially with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tate. So uh, it's probably long overdue, but uh, they've taken a lane. And I think you certainly have to respect that. And, uh, you know, the, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out because when you see teams that look to rebuild or retool or whatever the verbiage is now, uh, it's not necessarily uh, the evaluation in a year or two. It's probably three to five years down the road to see if the decisions were made. But at least Kyle Davidson and his staff have picked the lane under the leadership of Rocky and Danny Wirtz, and, and we'll see kind of how well it plays out. You were a you were a first round pick of the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, you know what it's like to put on that sweater. Yeah. Uh, do you do you do you understand what Patrick and Jonathan are going through these last these next four weeks to figure out whether they want to remain Blackhawks or not? Uh, no, because I never had an old movement clause and I never dictated the terms where, <laughs> you know, where I was going to go. I only I had that opportunity a couple of times in free agency, but nothing like this. Right. John. No, I I think for these guys, there's so many emotions. And, and I know knowing both these players and knowing both of these individuals, more importantly to me, is is uh, is is human beings. Uh you know, I mean, this is they've they've been the franchise here the last little while. Their legacy is is etched in stone already. I, I regardless of how this all plays out, and again, they hold the keys, but it doesn't mean the team has to oblige either. I mean, just because they say, you know, I want to go to team A or B or D or whatever it is, like the team can sit there and go, you know what? You know, we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna do that. I, I don't know what the, the the plan is as far as some, you know, either side, but you know, this is certainly uh the way that it is uh it has been trending in the National Hockey League the last handful of years where you know pl- players dictate the terms and most recently and 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 I'm not putting you know, I certainly would put, you know, Claude Giroux into the, you know, into the uh uh, area code of, of a guy like Jonathan Taves and, and Patrick Kane, I think is just, you know, another area code above both of those guys. But, 
you know, last year, I mean, you know, when he started talking to the Flyers, uh, you know, there were a couple of places he wanted to go. It sounded like New York was one of them at, at some point, And it sounded like that was the best deal for the Flyers. But at the end of the day, he decided that he wanted to end up going to Florida at the trade deadline. And it wasn't as good as a deal that maybe the Flyers could have gotten. But when you hand out these no movement clauses, the player drives the bus and look at these guys have earned it. And you want to sign these players long-term they're looking for stability and they want to be able to dictate on where they go. I get it. But when you get to this, these particular situations. So I think as far as for Kane and Taves, you know, it's getting to that point and uh, you know, we'll see how it all plays out, but uh, really interesting, uh, you know, just the landscape because we've already had one big domino fall with Bo Horvat. And now you got a guy like Patrick Kane, who I think still can play another three to four years and be a really impactful player and really get a chance for the first time in a long time to be around if, if he indeed leaves or he signs as a free agent somewhere in the summer or if he stays in Chicago to see him get with some guys that can really, uh, you know, help him along the way and not be the guy that is the guy but be one of the guys and, 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 uh, and see how great that he, he still is, because I still think he can be an 80, 80 to 85 point guy on, on a, on a, on a team that has obviously, uh, you know, has different aspirations obviously right now than uh, what the Blackhawks are doing. Do just as one follow-up. Sorry, go ahead. Just as a follow-up, uh, would it surprise you uh, that uh, either guy is a Blackhawk on March 4th? Like, would they elect to stay? I guess my question is, would they elect to stay? Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, would it would it would it surprise me? I mean, I, I don't know if it would surprise me. Nothing, <laughs> nothing surprises me in this in this world that we're living in, in, in our little world in, in hockey, John. So, um, you know, I guess look at it. If you're if you're the team, right? Let, let's put on our let's put on our managerial hats here for a second. Like if you have two assets, without a doubt, one asset off the charts, right? I think we would agree on Patrick Kane. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Taves, I think, you know, look at, there's no doubt. I mean, he's had some really good streaks of hockey this year. He's one of the top face-off guys in the National Hockey League. It's hard to find a guy that has three cups and can really, you know, help give you something maybe that you don't have. So what is that worth? Certainly it's, it's an asset somewhere. So from a from an ownership's point of view or a management's point of view, you're sitting there going, well, these guys are driving the bus. You know, we're in the, we're at the start of a rebuild. The more assets that we can attain, it's the better for us, not only today, but, you know, for two and three years down the road. So from the team's point of view, I think we'd all agree is that they're hoping, right? They're, they're hoping that these guys would want to to move on and, and get some assets for them. Look at doesn't mean you can't resign him back in the summer as well, right? I mean, who mm-hmm. you know who who knows how all this plays out, but um, you know they they dictate it, they drive the bus, and uh, it will all eyes will be on Chicago. I don't think there's any doubt here uh, moving forward to see on what these players uh, end up doing. But I I I could see it honestly, John. I, I could see it either way. I really could. I, I could see it either way. Um, the guys either staying and then playing it out. And then, you know, look at from an organization's point for management, and this could be with any team. I, mean, I always go, I use this comparison. And again, all due respect to the players involved. I go back to John Tavares when he was in the Island. 
uh, Gar Snow at that time was a general manager. He wanted to move the asset. He wanted to trade John Tavares because he felt that it just, you know, that he wanted to maybe explore and maybe go back home, and which he eventually did. And he wasn't allowed to. And they got nothing for him. Could you imagine the Islanders? Could you imagine the Islanders now, knowing what we know now, the two runs, if I'm not mistaken, to the conference finals in the East? Tavares was not there. Could you imagine the assets maybe they could have gotten? Now, whether it was a warm body or a future pick down the road, who knows what that could have been. So I think from an organization's point of view, too, is like when you have these assets and you got a chance to, to, uh, to get something for them, if that's what they want to do, and at the end of the day, um, you know, you, you, you gotta, you gotta be able to play ball and, and understand, but it'll, it, like I said, I use the word interesting a lot. It sure, certainly will be with both Taves and Kane. So both guys have no trade clauses, right? No movements, no, movement. no move, no, no move, move clauses. Yeah. yeah. So they, they can, they can deny any deal. They, well, yeah, there, there's no deal unless they, I mean, unless, unless they go, yeah. yeah, unless they go in there now, I'm sure. There are teams that have reached out, I'm sure, um, not only, you know, to representatives of both guys who have the same uh, agency as far as representing them, but then also to the Blackhawks and just saying, look, like, if there's an opportunity here, like, you know, we'd like to know if these guys would be interested. And But, yeah, like, look, at they could come to them with an unbelievable deal and they could say, nah, you know what, I don't, I don't want to go here. I want to go, you know, I want to go there. And, and then, you know, that's, that's the issue. Is that if the if the if the player only gives you one team, you know, you're I mean, from the from Kyle Davidson's point of view, I mean, your hands are your hands are tied, and you're going to be able to, you know, you only can do to try to do the best deal that you can. Do you think that's happened? Do you think that Kane and Taves have given Blackhawk management an option or options? Do you think they've given them teams? I mean, look, and I, 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 as being a former player and somebody that stood behind the bench in Pittsburgh for a handful of years, I think we'd all be shocked or foolish not to say that at some point there hasn't been some dialogue saying, you know what, like if you can, you know, if, you know, why don't you call team A or B and see if there's some interest and then, you know, we'll move forward here again. Has there been any, uh, you know, any, uh, sign off on these players being allowed to talk to other teams or the agent or whatever that, that I have no clue on, but you know, look at, I'm sure you're starting, you know, you're laying the groundwork, you know, you're probably laying any groundwork probably back in July or August, knowing where this thing was trending. And, and I'm sure teams look at, I'm sure teams are calling and saying, Hey, if, they, if they're thinking about going, you know, let, put me on, put me on your list and, and, you know, bring, you know, bring this to them and see if they would be interested in coming to, you know, Dallas, Carolina, the Rangers, uh, LA, Vegas, whatever it is. Um, so uh, I'd be shocked if there hasn't been some sort of, mm. uh, you know, uh, groundwork that has been laid, Bob, to the heart of your question. The, and it, and it seems to me that, to think to... sorry, John, go ahead. No, I just, and you'd have to think the Blackhawks are going to carry at least half the cap pit, right? That's a well, big cap. That's, that's a whole other issue. I mean, you might be. I know. A, you might need to be getting a third team uh, involved. Again, the longer you wait, obviously with ten and a half schmill on each guy's contract, you know, the longer you wait, obviously, you know, the better, better and more beneficial it is. But again, I mean, is there a team or two out there that 
maybe needs every bit up to the last, you know, minutes of the trade deadline there to be able to finagle and squeeze it in and, and, uh, and go from there. So, uh, but yeah, the cap certainly, you know, first and foremost, uh, you know, plays a big part of this whole thing. And again, at the end of the day, those guys are driving the bus and uh, they dictate the terms. Makes you wonder if general managers, other general managers of other teams take a look at this situation, you know, up close and say, I'm not giving anybody a no trade deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because well, I guess if you, if you want the player bad enough, I guess you're gonna you maybe. Know, you're gonna, but it's yeah. uh, it ties your hands completely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now you can you know there's there's modified and you know all different types of oh sure you know, yeah yeah you that you can go. But once you give the ironclad and the exactly no, the no movement, like you're like you're you're asking for a real difficult situation now. You know, depending on players' age and all of those type of things that, you know, that play into it. Um, but, you know, like, I, I don't, I guess the only way that you can maybe not get into that situation would be is to, you know, over, like, really overpay yeah. a, a player to not be in that situation to have no movement but that's i mean really other than that if you want the player bad enough and he says i want it i think we're all going to sit there and go look if i got to bring player a here i'm going to do whatever i have i'm not trading i'm not trading them but you can always go to the player and say hey look you know if we're not if we're in a rebuild or retool or you're not happy or whatever then you know maybe we can do that but you're right you're right and uh sometimes you look at them and go you know how is that player get a no movement or a no trade when you, you just give them the you know you break the bank for them but uh, that's questions for uh, for guys and much important, much more important shares that I sit in. I'm not. I'm not it, uh, I don't want to put you on the spot, but yeah. do you know how many no trade clauses there are in the NHL? I like don't. How many? How many guys have might have one? I don't. I don't. Hundreds. Hundreds. Yeah. No trades. Hundreds. Yeah. No trades. Hundreds for sure. And I would say no movements is probably in that. In in like in that high 90 100 you know 110 type of numbers yeah. overall in a national hockey league i mean really that many yeah i, I would say i mean you, you could you know we probably could sit here and name you know probably name again not, not no not modified not no trade but just hard no movement closer. yeah no movement with, yeah, yeah exactly right, exactly so are, are we talking you know could you be talking three per team and then obviously on a couple of teams you might think there's probably you know couple of more than just you know than just uh you know i just know in chicago i mean seth jones no movement kane no movement you know taves no movement clause so um yeah. you know there's three guys right there in chicago that i know 100 percent have no movement clauses yeah but don't you remember cliff fletcher gave up had, had to deal with he called them the muskoka five uh because he had five guys on the maple leafs <laughs> uh that he was trying to move and they, they say, no, we're happy playing in Toronto. We, we like playing in Toronto, and it's a great place to play. So Cliff's hands were, were tied that way. By the way, w- when they signed these deals, you know, everybody wasn't worried about the new move. They were just saying $10.5 million. How can you pay guys $10.5 million? And these two guys proved their worth 20 times over for the Blackhawks in winning championships there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, and you, might, and you might say... And it's not a job by Stan Bowman, but, you know, like to extend these guys when they did and, and 
it's 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 all relative, right? I mean, especially in sports, you know. I mean, these you know these these contracts, you know. I mean, obviously, Connor McDavid is 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 a bargain, right? I mean, he's a bargain and a half at what he's doing, right? Uh, Kane and Taves for for those years. I mean, think about Duncan Keith. I mean, Keith signed. I think he signed a. If he signed a fourteen, I think he maybe a fourteen-year deal, right? And you look at the years that he had, and you sit there and go. In the middle of it, you're like, you know, everybody was applauding, you know, the Blackhawks and the deal or or whatever, and you sit there in the middle of it and go, wow, could you imagine if he only signed us, you know, a seven year deal or whatever, and then where he might have been if you know to go from the seven year and then sign a seven year extension and. You know, he probably would have doubled his salary like he would have been, a, you know, a nine or a ten million dollar player with oh, what he was able to accomplish. And look, you see teams getting ahead of it. You saw what Buffalo did with Tage Thompson. Uh, I'll give a little love to my brother, uh, Ricky, my brother, Ricky Olchek, assistant general manager with Ronnie Francis in Seattle now. But when they were in in Carolina, they were ahead of the curve with Jacob Slavin and and uh, and, and Brett Pecci. They, you know, they mm-hmm. gave them long-term contracts, and you look at you look at Slavin's contract now, and you sit there and go, "Holy cow, what a bargain that is for the team!" Uh, but again, players look for security; they look at the money and go, "Okay, this is fair right now." And but then when they get into it, you sit there and go, "Wow, these guys are, you know, Slavin to me is a nine million dollar defenseman, hundred percent, like without any question." And when the guy's making not only, but he's only making, you know, five nine or six four or whatever the contract is. You sit there and go, well, that's a bargain. So there's give and take, and players want security, and timing is everything. But generally speaking, yeah, I, the bargains only jump up and bite you when when they're long term. Like you're talking six, seven year contracts. Anything shorter than that, generally speaking, the value of that player does not increase that much over that short period of time. In other words, they or, or, or to be more accurate, the level of of uh, money that would be available sure. doesn't jump that much. Yeah. No, no, that, that's, yeah, no, that's, yeah, that, that's, that's very fair. And, uh, you know, again, if, if you have it and that being cap space is, you know, you, you're able to, to really dictate a lot of what goes on, not only most importantly under your, under your roof, but, uh, you know, when players become available, all of a sudden, you know, like if you look at it, you could just, you know, draw it up on paper one day and go, wow, if, if, you know, projecting what could happen with a couple of teams on what players might become available here right. moving forward, mm-hmm. not at the trade deadline, but I mean, trade deadline is certainly very, very important. But at any time is that, you know, a lot of teams are so up against it is that they really you're only looking at a select few of teams that could really sit there and bring in any any type of player at any salary without really you know, tearing down your team from, uh, you know, to the bare bones. But uh, it's uh, it's really intriguing, especially with the cap. And look, at the cap's going to be going up, it looks like, in the next couple of years. So that'll be advantageous for for everybody, but especially for teams that are, you know, right in the middle now and, and maybe really to to be in a, in a right place at the right time to acquire somebody that, um, that maybe becomes available because somebody's in a salary cap uh, pinch. Right. Um, how much did the uh, Horvat uh, extension uh, catch you by guard yesterday? It was a lot quicker, I think, than a lot of people realized. Yeah, but you, look, we we know <laughs> we we know Mr. Lamarillo. I mean, we we you know, I think in that situation, 
I don't think there's there was any doubt that uh, something was going to get done. Uh, you know, when you look at the trade and, and you look at the situation that the Islanders are in and, uh, you know, it sounded like, uh, you know, it sounded like Bo Horvat wanted to, to, to head east. And uh, when he got that opportunity and, and to head to the island and it's a great place to live and they've had an, you know, I know the last, you know, the last little while hasn't been what the Islanders have wanted, but, you know, they're always very competitive. And uh, so, I mean, I, I don't think I was, I don't think I was surprised, but, um, you know, with all the rumors and speculation and again, yeah, they're, they're right now, they're a bubble team. There's no other way to say it is that's, that's where they are right now. But, um, you know, bringing a guy like Horvat certainly going to upgrade a lot of areas for the Islanders and, uh, you know, get to the playoffs so they could become a real dangerous team because of the guy in goal getting healthy on the back end, the, the law firm of Pollock and Pellick back there on the back end. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're pretty good. And then you add a guy like Bo Horvats who haven't, who's having a career year. So um, not overly surprised uh, to, to see, uh, to see, to see him sign in the Island. Did you see Eddie, Eddie, did you see uh, Lou's comments last night too long and too much? <laughs> 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 yeah, well, you know what, when you're, uh, you know, well, so I guess I would imagine it's probably only long stand, like long standing in that role would be what David Poyle, right? Would he be the only one that's maybe a tad longer than Mr. Lamarillo? Yes, and Lou, I think David was eighty two, and Lou be. was eighty four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, and you know, look at he's he's been around the block. He's had as much success as any manager that we've seen in, in that long stretch. So uh, love the honesty and full disclosure. Look, I mean, he's been, uh, he's been one of my mentors uh, pretty much my whole hockey life. I'll tell you guys a quick story. So when I was 16 years old, I got invited to try out for the 1984 U S Olympic hockey team in the summer of 1983. And at that particular time, Mr. Lamarillo was in, he was at Providence. He was the head Providence, coach of Providence yeah. college. And he was one of our coaches at the select festival in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And he happened to be the coach of the East team. And they divided all the guys that were trying out all 84 of us. And, uh, he selected and, and drafted, uh, all the all the young players on uh, on his team and on the East team and in in, uh, in the trial for the U.S. Olympic hockey team and uh, we hit it off right off the bat and, and obviously stayed in contact for all those years. We got elected into the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame back in 2012 together along with Mike Madano and he's always been uh, a resource for me professionally, personally, and always love getting a chance to get to the island and, and, and spend a few minutes with him. So he's been around a long, long time. And uh, he was back at it with the Islander, uh, with the Vancouver Canucks making a trade and, and being as honest as he is. And I think that's what we love about him. We got to take a break. We're uh, halfway through with Ed Olchuk. Uh, we'll come back in a minute. Back after these. When was the last time everyone agreed on what's for dinner? You want Chinese food, they want pizza, and someone is always craving Froyo. Well, there's something for everyone on DoorDash. Ordering is easy. Open up the DoorDash app, choose what you want from where you want, and your items will be left safely outside your door with our default contactless delivery setting. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app 
and enter code BOBCAST23. That's 25% off, up to $10 in value, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BOBCAST23. Don't forget, that's code BOBCAST23 for 25% off of your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. Hey, old Chuck is with us. You spend a lot of time with uh, the the uh, Seattle Club, who have made a um, uh, a significant improvement. Yeah. Uh, they are a very good hockey team right now. I think people would be reluctant to suggest that they might be a Stanley Cup contender, but statistically, based on their record so far, you'd have to say they're in the mix. Yeah, how good is this team? <laughs> Well, look, I think when you when you really kind of take a step back and and I think early in the season, I'm going to say probably 35 games in, Bob, is that there seemed to be this uh, perception where people were saying, oh, well, how is this team doing it? They didn't do it last year and it's the same team. Well, OK, let, let's stop right there. It's not the same team as it was last year. Of course. They didn't they didn't have Brandon Tana for a lot of last season. They didn't have Jaden Schwartz for a lot of last season. They acquired Oliver Bjorkstrand. Um you know, they they, they were able to to bring in a guy like Andre Burakovsky. They brought in Justin Schultz. They you know, they brought in Martin Jones from Philadelphia, who had a had a very good year for for a team that really struggled last year in Philadelphia. But when you when you put it all in there, and especially the forward group, you know when you bring in a Bjorkstrand and you bring in a Burakovsky, you get Maddie Beneers a full season. You know he only played ten games last year, so just up front they are not the same team. And I think what what Ronnie Francis did and his staff and they'll. Uh, give my brother some love again, my brother Ricky, as I think what they did is that they brought in some more skill and they have the puck way more than they did last year. When you look at their five-on-five numbers, whether it's the eye test on how they play or the analytics, I mean, it's pretty good. Like like when they play five-on-five, and look, at you know, their, their, their blemish has been their penalty kill. They got off to a really tough start. Um, but they've kind of rebounded here recently. And, you know, look, at you could give up a penalty-killing goal, but you can't give up two and three in games like they were doing early in the season. So I think they've corrected some of that. But this is a team that that really, when they play well, they don't give up many odd, odd man situations, and they win the neutral zone. And I, honestly, mm-hmm. from doing probably 30 of their games so far, is that when they really command the middle of the ice – whether they have the puck or not, Bob, they're they're pretty damn good. And they've got a lot of confidence right now, whether it's Martin Jones and goal or Philip Grubauer. Dave Haxtell should be considered for one of the coaches of the year right now. This, this, is, this is a hell of a story on what's going on. Now, they've been relatively healthy. They got banged up before the uh, All-Star uh, break. Hopefully they'll be able to get healthy here as they, you know, turn for home and they got a huge five game road trip to start right after the all-star break. But like this, this team has a lot of confidence. And I know one thing, they're going to be playing meaningful games come the end of March and early April. And you look at take care of business and the numbers, look at they're, they're projecting to be 104, 105 point team. Yeah. So 104, 105 points. That gives, that makes you make the playoffs. I don't care what anybody says you yeah. make the playoffs. And then once you get in, it's all about matchups. Like there are some teams that they match up 
unbelievably well against. And then there's other teams where you sit there and go, okay, like it's, it's going to be a battle here. And it just happens in playoffs. As you guys know, if you get the right matchup, who knows how far this team can go, but there's a boatload of confidence in the city of Seattle. They've had, they've had a hell of a run here. The Mariners make the playoffs for the first time in, you know, what, 20 some years, 22, 23 years, whatever it is. The Seahawks make the playoffs. And now you got a team like the Kraken who had a tough first year, but all of a sudden are, are right in the playoff mix on top of the Pacific division. So uh, yeah, why not? Why can't they make a run because of the way that they play and you know, that they don't give up when they're playing well, they don't give up a lot of odd man situations. I've um, seen them play a couple of times and uh, live. And I, the one thing that impressed me, Eddie was their speed. And yeah, yeah. People don't talk enough about their speed. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not only team speed, but it's guys that are great puck pursuers to be able to uh, angle on the forecheck, put defensive player or put offensive players in really tough positions. And there's a great trust factor. I, I will say this. I, I should give some some major love here to, uh, you know, I mentioned uh, Pellick and Pollock and uh, on the Islanders, yeah. but uh, Dunn and Larson, uh, they have been... Vince Dunn and and, uh, and 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 Adam Larson have been just absolutely incredible number one defensive pair for Dave Haxall and the Seattle Kraken. Uh, Larson has just been absolutely a beast. They play against all the other team's top teams. They uh, they command so much respect. Dunn has taken his game to another level. Um, and I think it had a lot to do with the, uh, you know, the trading of uh, Mark Giordano to the Leafs last year, because last year Giordano was, he played the power play. He played even strength. He killed penalties. And that kind of, I think, did not allow Dunn to really uh, take that next step. And then this year they put Dunn and Larson together right from scratch. And these guys have been, they, they've been as good as a defensive pair. Like I do a lot of games nationally on TNT down here in the States. And, you know, I see a lot of teams like, like they really, really have, uh, has solidified the back end and, you know, they're playing their 22, 24 minutes a night. And um, it's been, uh, it's, it's, it's been a real important part because when you have teams that have success, most teams have that top pair, Makar and Taves, obviously in Colorado, you know, you look at Fox and Lindgren and in, in, uh, in, in New York with the Rangers, um, you know, I can go on and on. But, like, you need that top pair. Seattle's got that top pair, and they can play against anybody, mm -hmm. and they can play any way you want. I often wonder, uh, with new teams in the NHL, Vegas, you know, was uh, the case before, what the reaction of the fan base is. This is year number two. It's going well. But as you mentioned, there's there are other distractions. The Seahawks got a lot of attention, obviously, in the first part of the NHL season. You know, the Mariners were there until October. What can you give us a sense of what people are saying about this uh, this hockey team? Well, they're jacked up because the first off, Climate Pledge Arena is an unbelievable venue, and it's 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 great sight lines, and there's a lot of energy, and you know, especially with the way the team has had success, Bob, this year, and the way that they play. Right. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's all over the city. I mean, there's no other is, way huh? to say it. I mean, it, it is, it is, 
you know, Todd Lewicki and Victor DeBonis, the the higher ups of the, uh, you know, of the management team there of the Seattle Kraken. They're out in the community. They're everywhere. They got a beautiful practice facility. You know, people are, you know, people are really excited. I mean, they, they, they really yeah. are. I think they're, you know, the ratings have been, you know, extremely good. And uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's entertainment and people, uh, you know, look at when you're, especially when you're winning and the way that they're winning and you, you go on a seven game road trip and you win all seven games, which has never been done in <laughs> NHL history. Like there's just so many positive things going on right now. And you got some, you got some great personality on that team too. You know, you got unbelievable leadership and, and Jordan Eberly and Jaden Schwartz, and you got a young star and Maddie Beniers. And um, yeah, it's just, it's, it, there's a lot of fun and the atmosphere is there and people are talking about it and it's a tough ticket and merchandise is flying off the shelves every day and every night when the team is playing. So right now uh, things are uh, double thumbs up for the Seattle Kraken. Cause we, how well think- did you know? We used to say about the remember years ago about the Blackhawks, you know they you get twenty thousand people in the arena, but there's only forty thousand other fans out there. It's not one of those, huh? Oh it's no, no. And, thing. Look, at, I, I I would I would you know I I know you said Chicago, and you could be saying that probably about you know probably five or six other teams too, Bob. But I I, okay. I believe even in Chicago in particular, um, I, there's no doubt there you know are more more fans than just the you know the. I don't doubt it, but you know you know they used to say that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I I, I get it, hundred percent. Um, but I think look at people are still learning too. I mean, even though hockey in Seattle has gone back a long long way at a lot of different levels um you know new uh fresh um new you know new building yeah uh, you know and having the success that they had like i think last year it, it you know very i mean look at understood but very unfair to sit there and compare them to vegas and think that they were going to take a run at the stanley cup last year because of what vegas said look at, yeah. I, I don't care in our lifetime it's not happening ever again in any sport where you're going to have an expansion team go to the championship or whatever league it is. But I think this second year, it's like, and I think with Ronnie being out there, Ronnie Francis, that is, and and and, and talking about the message and, and and selling hope and and just understanding is like knowing where we were, where we are, and where we're trying to get to. I think people have bought in, and and there's still, and again, there are a lot of new fans. There is, and we try to do it on our broadcast locally. Uh, with myself and Johnny Forslund and JT Brown is that's, you know, sometimes you have to, you know, explain an offside or, you know, a, uh, sure. you know, a coach only gets one time out or, you know, just things like, you know, like that. Yeah. So, uh, but no, I, I think, look at, I, I think the more success we, we live in a society where it's, I, I say, well, we live in a fast food society. I like to say, if we see it, we want to we we want to try it. We want to buy it. We want to go there. We want to do it. Right? Like that's just the way it is. And when you have hockey, which is you guys, I'm sure you would agree. I mean, it's the greatest spectator sport there is in the world. Is I think people want to be a part of it. And when you win, all of a sudden it goes to another level. So yes, I, I think there are. It, it's just not some. Uh, you know, it's just not some quick fix here where people, there's only a handful of people, like everybody is involved. I think the whole state of Washington and Oregon and, you know, even some mm-hmm. people up in, uh, in Southern, Southern BC are probably pretty excited of, uh, what's Maybe. going on with Seattle Kraken. Do you think they will be active at the trade de- before the trade deadline? I mean, significantly active. Um, significantly. I, I'm not sure about that. Um, 
but I don't think there's any doubt. Again, look at they could dance with anybody. I'll just say is that they can dance with anybody because of the situation that they're in as far as cap space. Yeah. Uh, with assets now, they may not have the the deepest prospect pool because the last time I checked, they've wow. only had two. They've only had two drafts. Sure. But, exactly. But they got a lot of picks, um, and you know they they have they have cap space. So I'm sure that Ronnie and his staff are looking at a lot of options, and they can be involved in anything. Like they could be involved with anybody or with anything. So uh, would I expect them to make a move or two? Yeah, I, I would expect them to to make a move. I mean, they picked up Jacob Begna from San Jose for a fourth round draft pick just to get some depth on the back end, a big body. So, um, but I mean, I don't know as far as significantly, but uh, you know, I, I would imagine there'd be a, a tweak. How big of a tweak? He probably has to have to, have to ask Ronnie that. Oh yeah, sure. He'll tell us for sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Like just because we talked about it earlier, like a Kane and Taze doesn't fit in Seattle, do do they? Or do they? Uh, I mean, I look at I'm, I I I don't know. I mean, I would say I don't know why not. But again, I mean, those guys, you know, would they, you know, would they want to? Would one of them want to go there or whatever? I, that I don't. You know, that that I would have no idea. But when you look at, I mean, and, and John brought up the point about the cap and everything. Like, if, you know, if you do the quick math or whatever and, you know, like they they they, they could dance with anybody. I'll just leave it at that. Like, yeah. I don't, whether it's Kane or Taves or, you know, whoever else might be Timo Meyer or, you know, whoever else might be, might be available, you know, speculation. Um, you know, I'm sure that, you know, they could dance with anybody because they have that ability in, in the in the. Yeah in the world that they're living in right now. Yeah. You know, Eddie, Bob and I have talked about this before, but, uh, and I think I know Ron pretty well. And the question for Ron will be knowing that he has a five-year plan uh-huh. because of the way, where they are in the Pacific and the Pacific division is, you know, bunched up five teams within five points. Does he change his plan just for this year? So that's where you know you know do you give up a lot of assets to get Patrick Kane or do you or and because I mean how much and you weren't there last year but you knew there was pressure for him to have a better product on the ice in order to sell you knew there was forces saying Ronnie we got to be better we're not Vegas yeah. so the question becomes for Ronnie is does he change his game plan right. over the next two years mm-hmm. in order to try to satisfy a playoff run this year. Well, and, and that's why he has, I mean, all the experience that he has, not only managing and being a part of Carolina for all the years that he was, but now being in charge in, in Seattle and, and being able to weigh that. And look, like, I, I think I, like, I think we're all assuming Colorado is going to get healthy, right? Like we, you know, you know, we, we yeah. don't know what's going on with Landis Scog, so to speak, but they're, they're getting, and, and they certainly look like they're trending into the team that we all know. And look at, is there questions in goal? Sure. Yeah. I, I guess there's still some question in goal, but you know, I think it's, it's when healthy from what I see in the West, it's Colorado and then it's everybody else. So, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to your question, John, and, and your thought on, on Ronnie is you're right. Like you can look at it and go, Specifically in the just say the Pacific, like like that division is much theirs as is it is as anybody else. Now again, how important is that? Um, you know, getting into the playoffs, all that kind of stuff. 
you know, what, what do you have to give up? Right. Like you, you have to, you know, those are all the things that you weigh. And, and as I said earlier, they know where they were, they know where they are and where they're trying to get to. But I, I think for a guy like Ronnie Francis, uh, you know, whatever he ends up deciding will be best, you know, most importantly for the franchise today. And then mm-hmm. what's going to be important for the franchise, you know, moving forward. But, you know, they've, they've got a chance. I mean, they've got a chance to get in and they've got a chance to make a run because, Look at the West. I, you know, like you, you can you can call out three, four, five teams and sit there and go outside of Colorado and go, yeah, they can make a run, or you know what, they can miss, right? So they're just that's how close it is right now in in the in the West. You know, if you're a general manager like Ron Francis, one of the questions I think you've got to ask yourself on a daily basis is, you know, do I make a move to make sure we we're in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Or do I make a move because I think we're good enough to contend for a Stanley Cup? I mean, I don't think the latter is the case in Seattle. I mean, I could be 100% wrong. But those are two very different agendas right there. Sure, sure. Maybe maybe you meet somewhere, Bob, in the middle on that. Yeah. Like, you know, you send it. Look at, like, okay, put put the player sweater on right now, all of us. Let's put the player sweater on. Yeah. Like, if you're sitting in that room, you're sitting there looking around and going, you know what? Again, I just just for example, you go into Boston and and, and you beat you, you shut out Boston on that seven game road trip. Right. Event, look at inevitably Boston was going to you know lose a game or whatever, and it just happened to be to Seattle. Seattle has played some unbelievable games. Uh, they played an unbelievable road game in Vegas. Um, you know they, they they they've they've been able to win and, 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 and play in some really difficult environments. Now they've had some games where you sit there and go, you know, how did they, you know, how did they lose? How did they have a five, two lead against Vancouver one game and end up losing six to five. So, I mean, there, there's a wide range there for them. Sure. But if, if you're a player inside that room, you sit there and go around the league and go and, and just say the West for, forget anything else, just the West. And you go, you know what? Like, like we we're pretty good. Like you know, like yeah. this isn't this isn't a mistake here. And as yeah. a player, as a player, you know, you, you're you're wondering, you're thinking. Look at you got some, you know, there's some contracts expiring in, you know, in Seattle. I mean, a guy like Carson Soucy contract is expiring. A big defenseman has played well there. You know, I'm sure for him, he's probably wondering, you know, like what's going on, and you know, am I going to be here? Am I gonna, am I going to sign? You know, whatever. But as a player, you're you know, you're thinking about what is the manager going to do, and you know, like you're probably sitting there going, Hey, like, you know, we add a piece or two. Why, why can't we, why can't we be getting to the conference finals? I mean, no, that's, that's That's just the player's mindset and and the way that they played, I think they've proven to themselves is like, you know, whether Ronnie does anything or not, we can compete and why not? Once you get in, that's the question is you can make the playoffs. You sit there and say, why not us? Especially in the Pacific, because the Pacific to me is absolutely wide open there is no doubt in my mind it is absolutely wide open and then matchups as i said earlier become you know a real important part of the whole equation of of making a run in the playoffs well and having the cap space is very important because there's there's a lot of guys out there and and teams that probably want to make moves but you got to find a a trading partner yeah and there are not many yeah and and look at and, and 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 you know, surmising there are a handful of teams, I think, that can be in that situation to to be either into rental be in the rental market 
mm-hmm. or to be in a situation where you can acquire a couple of years of term to know that you've improved your team, right? And yeah. those are the things that become. But there aren't many teams. That, there aren't many teams that are are decently good, right? And have that option. And Seattle right. is probably the only one. Probably the only one. Uh, right. Anything else, John? Because we got to get out of here pretty soon. Well, hey, yeah, yeah. Just on a personal note, you talked about working on the broadcast with JT and, and John, but uh, you didn't mention working with your son. <laughs> what is that like? No, I mean, seriously, that, it must be that. That's a that must make you so proud, Eddie. Yeah, no, I'm just very, uh, very lucky and blessed. Look, we had a little taste of it in uh, Chicago last year, and you know, for my son Nick, he was. Uh, he was toiling in the East Coast Hockey League for three and a half years, uh, doing game with the Indy Ice in the East Coast Hockey League. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, last year, my, my great friend Troy Murray got sick and, uh, you know, needed somebody to replace him when he was going through his battle. And, uh, you know, the Blackhawks saw Nikki doing some stuff on, on television down here in the States doing Notre Dame hockey on TV. And, uh, you know, he came up for a game or two and he knocked it out of the park. And next thing you know, he was going back and forth between the ECHL and, and, and the National Hockey League and uh, with the Blackhawks. And, uh, you know, this summer, obviously, we both made a, a made a you know, huge move. And Nicky was actually in Seattle before I was. And then they were courting him and, uh, you know, just to get a chance to be around him and see him. Uh, you know, live his lifelong dream of, of broadcasting and uh, uh, and being with him. And uh, it's it's been very proud and, and uh, you know, just really appreciative for the opportunity. And uh, it's uh, it's nice to see. Look, as you guys know, when when uh, when your kids are happy, you're good as a parent. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I'm very, very proud of the job he's done. And but the thing I don't get, though, John and Bob, is that. You know, I'm, I'm commuting between Chicago and Seattle and Nikki is there full time. But so when I go to Seattle and especially on the first of the month when the uh, the rent is due, uh, <laughs> I pay the rent. But when I get to the apartment, um, I don't have the biggest bedroom in the apartment. So there's a problem. So. But, but Eddie, no, you no, know, that's Eddie, life. You, I got news you, for you. Eddie, you know the definition of freedom 55 is not when you turn 55 it's when they turn 55 so yeah exactly <laughs> yeah as we like as we like to say in the uh as we like to say in the uh, hockey and horse racing world is that uh the uh the the, the young yearlings are always on the payroll so uh, we'll uh, we'll leave it at that <laughs> Cheers. Eddie Olchuk, we got to take get out of here. Thank you very much, as always, for uh, your time. We It's a pleasure chatting with you. We'll do it again soon, I hope. Okay, Thanks. guys, keep great work. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. That's Eddie Olchuk. We'll come back after this. Well, our sincere thanks to Eddie Olchuk for being uh, with us. Uh, he's in Chicago. I assume that's still home for him. But he's yeah, Chicago. all-star break, don't you, right? Yeah, that's right. You know, Seattle, Chicago, and then New York, uh, now and then, uh, doing. Well, broadcast. he has to do his 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 contract with TNT is he has to be available every Wednesday. So there you there's go. A, there, so in, in Chicago is a, obviously a much more central place to travel out of than than Seattle is. So sure. So hey, one quick thought on the Horvat trade, Bob. Uh, yeah. Uh, remember we asked Eddie about if he thought he was surprised that Lou could get it done so quickly. 
One of the other aspects of, of the whole thing is that Bo was represented by our buddy Pat Morris at Newport Sports. Oh, yeah. And um, Newport has seven clients on the Islanders. Really? Seven. So you don't think word of mouth would travel between the players and their families via the agent to say, hey, listen, this is a great place to play. The arena is spectacular. The fans are rabid. You would, you know, you know, guys like, uh, uh, you know, Josh Bailey, uh, Casey Sizikas, all Newport guys that would, you know, be on the phone to Bo saying, hey, we need you. We need you here and come and stay a long time. Maybe. What's surprising to me is that uh, the general manager, who is notoriously cheap, um, gave up eight and a half million over an extended period of time. You know, it's not his money. What are you uh, talking about? Lou gave Lou gave Ilya Kovalchuk a hundred million dollars. Well, that's true, but he he also has a reputation of trying to do or doing deals that are you know more friendly to the team than friendly to the player. But but, but you know the, job, the thing I is that, but, but the cap is the cap. As long as you don't go over, you can. And, and knowing the ownership of the Islanders, well, they look have at all you have money. To, but all you have to do is look at the comments that Lou made. You know, he comes yeah, out to well, address. No, I it. think he was having fun. I think he was having. Well, fun. of course he was having fun, but I think there's a a, a note of seriousness in there. Uh, listen real quick. We got less than a minute. Raptors finished their road trip four and three. Does that change anything? No, not for me. Still Friday or still Thursday, think... we'll have thir- Thursday. We'll know. You still think they're likely to do something? Yes, I, do, I you, do. Do you? Yeah, I do. I have Listen, no idea. This, this being on the bubble and, and not even being in the play-in. Come on, I want to win championships. Well, I know what you want, and I would like the same thing too. So but... does Masai. Well, we'll see. I I know he wants to win championships, but we'll see if he can he makes a deal that can put him in a position to do something like that. I suspect that this is if he makes a deal, it's for long term. Hmm. But we will we shall see. Uh, back again tomorrow with John Shannon. Until then, bye bye everybody. Thanks for watching or listening. See ya.